0: So I'm like, all right, if I it this bad, what do I gotta do? So I'm looking at the at the line, the guards are like at the end of the railing and then there's this whole part right in front of the door that's just like nobody's standing there. So I walk up, jump over the railing and run in. <laughs> the, whole, the, the two guards from this side and one guard from that side started chasing me in the spot. I hid in the bathroom for like 10 minutes, came out, Walked or try like was running around trying to find the manager. Finally I found him and right when I found the manager, the guards like saw me.
1: Uh, I'm going with the flow and thank you, Falarin. (laughs) <laughs> i don't have the fancy little fancy little clickers yeah, so I, yeah. I just use my hands for it <laughs> all right everybody welcome to another episode of go with the flow i'm your host for okulaja back with another special guest in the building i say all my guests are special you are special anyone mm-hmm. who takes the time to come on my show i appreciate them <laughs> for for taking out the time but I we appreciate have, you for having me appreciate, appreciate it. thank you for coming on so we have dennis here Dennis Franklin, or Dennis Free, as most people know him, and we're going to get yeah. much more, much more into the djing. But the way that I want to start this is just getting into your background a little bit. So, do you want to take a few minutes to just like tell the people about yourself, where you're from, yeah. who, just who 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 is Dennis? Because people only see you behind the see. I don't even know that. what is What's it called? The, the decks. The, the decks. The, the, the people only gates? see Dennis behind the deck.
0: Yeah, that's actually. I'll talk about that later. That's a big. Uh internal conflict i have all the time of not being able to tell people who i am um but i'm dennis dennis franklin um i was born and raised in oakland california uh pretty much my whole life up and not really actually my whole life really only half of my life um all through elementary school and high school i well when i was four years old i started playing ice hockey um how'd you, and I how'd you to, pick
1: hockey in, Co- in oakland california yeah so one of my
0: <laughs> uh one of my dad's really good friends and also uh also black and now it's like a pretty integral part of the story because <laughs> i would i don't think i ever would have picked hockey otherwise if i didn't hadn't seen someone who looked like me playing it before but um yeah one of my dad's friends was a hockey coach in the area he had he grew up in and his name is mark cornwell he grew up in uh south central la uh playing like he was growing up with three brothers and his mom basically told him like you could play any sport except football baseball basketball you got to play something different um so he picked hockey played throughout his life um and then moved up to oakland had a kid named forrest um and when i was four years old uh he his uh mark told my dad like you should come because i was starting to get into sports he said you should come uh to this hockey game and see if Dennis likes it. My dad's name is also Dennis. So that's something so you're a junior. To How does it weigh? Are I'm you not a junior second? I'm not a second either. I'm just a you're. different person. Cause I have a different middle name. And it's a good thing to know. You have to have the same exact name every single middle name. So if you hear like Henry John Jacob John v, the Fifth, like like, John the fifth, they've all been same okay, middle okay. name. Good my name that. is uh my dad's name is Dennis LaRone Franklin. My name is Dennis LaRone Yee Franklin um Yi being my mom's maiden name um but yeah so I went to this hockey game and I remember I was it was in Cupertino California in the mall uh and I was standing in the rink and it was super cold but I got up on the glass and I'm standing next to my dad and I was just seeing these kids skate around and then I kept seeing Forrest and he was like the one black kid out there and I was like I want to be that guy so then I told my dad like I want to get into it so rather than just throwing me into, uh, throwing me on the ice like most other parents did, he was a Navy SEAL so he really cared about process for everything. So he told me you're gonna learn how to skate first before you learn how to do anything else. So I took figure skating lessons for eight months. Wow. Um, and then right when they started using the toe picks, got out of figure skating and just started playing hockey, picked up a stick. Um, so then yeah, from when I was four years old all the way till pretty much I started high school, I was playing hockey. Um, after my, uh, in my sophomore year of high school, I moved down to a team in Los Angeles. Um, and when I started playing there, I, uh, had to fly down three days a week for practice basically. You said fly? Yeah. yeah. So I'd get out of school at like, and luckily at the time my mom worked for United Airlines, so I was able to get free flights. Okay. Great. That'll do it. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'd, I'd get out of, uh, get out of school at like three 30, get to the airport at four. Uh, get on the plane at, uh, for a four thirty flight. Get down there, have practice, get back on the plane. How long back. is the flight? Uh, about an hour, hour and a half. Okay, hour hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. So I do that like pretty much every other day, and then on the weekends we go to tournaments in like Chicago, Buffalo, wherever. Damn. And after a little bit, it was like maybe four or five months. I was not doing as well as I thought. I'd <laughs> in school, like the the time management, I was doing well, but I just like wasn't sufficient enough for me to like be really going anywhere. So I just decided I was gonna um go to boarding school and i got recruited by a few and ended up picking a uh, taft which is up in watertown connecticut um and then that's kind of how i got onto the east coast okay um
1: so it was hockey that actually brought you here
0: yeah absolutely okay. i um again hockey is like the whole everything in my life was surrounded by like i'm gonna go to college to go play ice hockey that Interesting. was like music was not in the really in the picture there was nothing going on except like when you get out of school you don't hang out with friends nothing goes on you just go to practice yeah um so I was very dedicated to that and that was kind of my whole focus up through pretty much up until I went to college I'd say
1: and I have some friends who were very good at certain sports but actually didn't watch it at all like I'm thinking of one of my friends David who very good soccer player. players actually two episodes ago very good soccer player but he never used to watch soccer hmm. are you someone who actually watches hockey or yeah you, i guess you're actually into my, watching uh Spotify.
0: yeah my dad got a uh we had direct tv and he got like the hockey package wow, every man. single day so he'd go to practice or i'd get out of i'd get out of school if, it, if i was um for the teams that i was playing in in the bay area i'd get out of school like go home do my homework and then while I was eating to get ready to go to practice we'd be watching a game and then I'd go to practice and come back and then watch a game on the west coast wow. so I'd always be watching hockey like playing doing whatever I could um but yeah that was kind of my focus until I got through high school and I was gonna um I got offers from uh Hamilton and Amherst to go Shout out Amherst, shout out Grant, my roommate Grant. Yeah, Um, (laughs) shout out Amherst. (laughs) But in order to do that, they basically required me to go play juniors, which is basically these leagues in between high school and college that a lot of hockey players have to go to for a couple of years to develop and get stronger. And I'm not the biggest guy, so it was like definitely necessary for me. Um, But in that same process, I was very good academically at school and I just applied to a ton of schools and I got into Columbia and I just sat down and thought about it, like, do I want to be in the middle of nowhere for another four years like I just was or do I want to go to a city Um, and I realized like at this point hockey was definitely important to me but at that at at that point in time in my senior year I was kind of also really interested in other things like music like uh, just general social activities and I felt like I was at a place where I could step back and just focus on the academics and be in a city like New York which I always really wanted to do so
1: and it's funny because to be at Princeton, I had a lot of my friends were on the hockey team, so they also explained to me that whole process of Mm -hmm. having to spend a year or two at these um, teams before then coming, and as a result, most of them are like a year or two older than us. Yeah, exactly. And do you have any regrets about that decision now about not going to do more hockey or are you happy with how things work that up i think um
0: (laughs) i think there's so many every single day i can name like 10 things that i do that day that would never have happened had i gone had i not come to columbia i think like anything musically related i would have been been focused on because i'd be in the same mindset every day i'm going to wake up practice work out do this do that um yeah, and I, I just think I would have been in a completely different place. Maybe I would have enjoyed it because I wouldn't have known would, Ignorance is Bliss type yeah. of thing. Um, but in terms of like f- doing some stuff related to my passions and whatnot, I think it was absolutely the best choice. And New York is just incredible. So I really benefited not only from the school itself, but also from just the city that I've been in. So.
1: And we're going to get much more into the music later and how you actually got into DJing. Mm-hmm. But before even then, or are you someone who's just always considered yourself a creative person or while you were playing hockey, did you have other sorts of creative outlets or was that just sort of sort of it for you?
0: Um in before I got to high school, definitely not. I would just like cause I just I, I just didn't have anything else to do but play hockey. No time. Yeah, I was why, very yeah. like I always I always um tell my friends now, like, in middle school, I was just, I, I would consider myself, like, if, if they made a movie about my middle school, I would be, like, one of the loser kids. Sure. <laughs> like I Everyone's
1: was, a loser in middle school. Yeah. Like, low key, though. Like. I, well, I was, like, I
0: was the kid. I remember I was getting, like, I was getting dubbed by all my crushes. Like, I had—I was wearing, I was wearing, you know, like, like, half knee-high socks and, and shorts to school because all I wanted to do was go... When I right when I got to school it, and it, it, this was even into like the first two years of high school I'd go and I'd have my classes then at lunchtime we played basketball for like an hour and I sucked at basketball but I play <laughs> and I'd start sweating crazy and I'd go to class sweating still crazy and people would look at me just like I
1: was insane <laughs> was I smelled fan. bad whatever
0: <laughs> so it was just like I wasn't in I I wasn't really cognizant of like how I was being perceived and I honestly think it was maybe a good thing but then because of that I wasn't I also wasn't like that interested in the creative side like I listened to a lot of music definitely um, and I think I've always had the the interest in music um, but in terms of like actually doing something creative I wasn't really um, involved in that until I got to high school and then I started SoundCloud rapping with all my friends and that was <laughs> kind of my first intro into all of that.
1: Does Do those SoundCloud raps do they still exist on online for the people to go see? Uh, they
0: A couple of do actually. Um, we had a group in high school called at, at Taft um called AOG stands for Always On Grind. It was me um I was a, I was a my 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 name before Dennis Free of my like alias was Franklin Future. Okay. Um and that was like all through high school. So I was like Franklin Future. We had uh, another kid uh AO um what was his what was his name? AO, AOG uh Jamal AOG And then it was like AOG this, AOG that basically for all of them. It was me, my friend Jamal, uh, Dom, Lonnie, who was my roommate at Columbia, um, and then Eugene, who was a year below us. And we were all we would just be every day. I had like the biggest room in senior year and we would just be rapping after school every single day. And we probably sucked, but you're having a good time. Because <laughs> we posted the first song that we ever made. And the on SoundCloud, it got like 8,000 8, views. And we were like, oh my God. We we're, we're next like up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was a good time. But again, it wasn't like anything serious where I was like, oh, I could actually make money off of this or I could do this and, and that. Um, I never really, even with DJing I, for a long time when I was doing it, I never really thought about it as like a as like a revenue source at all i just have and i still really don't i kind of just think about i want the money obviously it's good but i don't really think about it as like a as a need to to survive type of thing
1: yeah honestly that's probably that's a i think a good way to look at these things and when you hear people talk about their passions they're like they don't do it for work or for the money Mm -hmm. one you're just good at it and you put that much time effort into it that will just come yeah. as a result of the effort that you that you put into it that's why i look at this podcast yeah yeah when people ask me my dream job is i'm like ideally one day this will pay the bills but i'm not doing it to like become famous to no, become I, a millionaire it's just like it's my little side hustle for, yeah. for the time being
0: no i think yeah the other day um like this past week has been just like crazy with work and whatnot but after this long week of work i had i had a i had a, a couple of sets this weekend as well and Uh, my roommates are like, you just always working, like you want, you can't you just stop and just rest, and but to me, I'm like. Always on grind. AOG. Like, I'm going out to like think from my perspective. I'm going to the club and just doing a set. Like you, if you wanted to rest, you would also go to the club and just chill. I just get to DJ. And that's more fun to me than sitting there just speaking to people, to be honest. Which is fair. It's probably
1: more exhausting to go out and not be doing the DJ. Because yeah. you're like trying to talk to girls, you're like drinking, you're like doing yeah, a exactly. lot. So you yeah, you probably I get have to, to chill, chill the time. in the yeah, booth.
0: Yeah, yeah. I get free drinks. It's a net positive. You get free night. drinks when you when you yeah. DJ.
1: Get like free. as much as you
0: want. Pretty much, yeah. Damn. Free drinks. I you get paid. Like yeah. I, 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 going out for the last two years. I'm net positive on on nights out. I haven't like
1: not spending a
0: dollar. That's
1: insane. <laughs> I can't even explain to you how it's just great. In the in the red, I am when it comes to when yeah. it comes to nights out. Damn. Okay. Good to know. So you probably just slide your boys' drinks out the whole. The whole oh yeah. Day. Yeah. yeah right. That's. I need. Funny because I have a friend who's a DJ. He's never, and we've been to a bunch of his shows. He's never once <laughs> got us any drinks. He's
0: he keeping it from you. <laughs> <eye. laughs> everybody gets drink tickets. I know uh, every set I've been to definitely get some drinks there.
1: And so, okay, before we dive, like, fully get into the, the music, I'm curious about your time at Columbia. Mm-hmm. So you said you're always academically inclined. You applied. You got in. Actually, first, where else did you go and where else were you considering when you applied to schools?
0: Um... I applied I applied to like 16 schools cause with hockey when you're recruiting for division three, you don't you can't really commit or most people don't commit until their senior year. Mm-hmm. So like and the problem with hockey is since it's in the winter, you don't really know if you're confirmed to go somewhere until after the season is over. But all the applications are due in like December or whatever. Yeah. So I sent in applications to like nearly every NESCAC. And then on top of that, like a ton of schools on the West Coast and this and that, a lot of the IVs. Um, so but in terms of like where I was choosing between, it was really just Columbia and uh, Columbia and Amherst and, and Hamilton. Um, I didn't get into any of the other IVs. I got waylisted a couple um same here and man then the, same here yeah and the, <laughs> it's everyone. funny how that works out <laughs> <laughs> and I was like it's fine <laughs> all you the, need is one That's exactly it. all you need is one so then um and then I had a, a couple others like on the west coast that I was thinking about but those were m- kind of my priority so it wasn't that difficult of a choice I'd say to to do that honestly. was there
1: ever a dream dream school like for me it was It was Duke because when we moved moved from Nigeria when I was nine. We moved to North Carolina. My mom went to Duke Law School. So that Mm -hmm. was the first school I ever knew in the country. So for me, that was always like the dream school. Did you ever have a a school like that for you?
0: Honestly, Columbia was, I I wouldn't say Columbia was a dream school, but Columbia was definitely like, I was like, if I go to Columbia, I'm just gonna have the best time because growing up my favorite movie in the world was Hitch. um, With the Will Smith Smith movie? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, I know every word to that movie. I watch it all the time. And the reason that I loved it so much was because the scenes that they would show in New York was just so beautiful. And I was like, if I can live that life, that's just so insane. And Columbia was like the best school that I could have applied to in the city. And I was like, it's either there, NYU, and that like, it would, it would just be insane to be there. And I went to the, it's actually funny. I was about to, uh, I was getting ready to tour Princeton. We had My parents and I got a hotel the night before. And uh, we woke up in the morning and we got an alert that there was like from the admissions office that there was like a shooter on the campus or something. It's funny because,
1: wait, wait, would this have been your- It was like my junior year of high school. Junior of was, high school. I remember this because I was, I remember my senior, I literally remember being in the cafeteria. It was at the Panera <laughs> on Nassau Street. I remember, I remember that yeah. down that store. I remember all that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I, so that happened and I was like, oh, I guess we can't tour. So we literally <laughs> woke up and instead of going onto campus, we drove right up to Columbia and visited. And that was like one of my favorite tours that I had had. So then it seemed like it all worked out. Um but yeah, what was a what was the question
1: was the initial question? The initial question I don't see, I don't even remember that's <laughs> that's the way it goes. I have so many of these, I have the next yeah, ones lined yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. I don't even I, oh no, it was about if you had a dream school. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you said academically inclined. I think Yeah, I, think... I say uh, yes, yeah, so I was teeing up one question and then another one came yeah. in my head. And so I asked <laughs> that one is about the dream All school. Good. Okay. So when it comes to your time at Columbia, you touched on it a little bit about one, the motivation like you this movie Hitch made you love New York. Yeah. The opportunity to hear creatively. How did the time, you're now graduated, how did the, the experience you had there match up to the expectations that you had, you had going in?
0: Um, I'd say Columbia is a funny place because like, yeah, you're at a school that has a campus and everything, but like
1: y'all also, really don't have a campus. No, nah, <laughs> we have
0: we like if you compared to NYU, I'm saying, and compared okay, to fair. any other fair, school fair, fair, in, fair. in New York City, like we have somewhere where it's like if you're in that place, like you're at Columbia, and it's fair. not like arbitrary. Just you're on a street that has a building on it, you know? Yeah. Um. where to NYU, and with that. <laughs> but, yeah, but but despite that fact, like people just kind of find their really small groups and then go explore the like New York City becomes your campus and I think um originally in my freshman year like I was very involved in a lot of stuff on campus I was in a ton of clubs like starting to I was leading some clubs and and in a like a frat and this and that like all this stuff and then like as after COVID started we obviously weren't going anywhere um and from there I kind of just started breaking out and then by the time senior year came around, I was doing really nothing related to campus and except Bacchanal, which is our like spring music festival, mm-hmm. but it was obviously something like very, that I was super interested in. Um, but aside from that, it was like all just going downtown, doing sets, hanging out with people from other schools in New York. Uh, mo- like the majority of my friends now don't even, didn't even go to Columbia. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing I think it was it's it's really cool because I just have like these this network of people from all these different spots um but yeah I, I think it's like I definitely grew farther away from Columbia, but I think in the best way possible and I don't I don't put any fault on Columbia for that or anything I think it was like actually a perfect way that it worked out
1: yeah and it's funny that what you described as the way your experience was was exactly how mine was, mm-hmm. in the sense of the coming in and being involved with every single yeah. club, being the VP of the Black Men's Association, doing mm-hmm. all these different clubs, stretching myself way too thin, and then by senior year, the only thing I did was my podcast. Yeah, and I was about to say my eating club, but that wasn't even like an extracurricular. That was <laughs> yeah. just that was just my that was just, just like just hanging out. Yeah. That was just hanging out. So it's just funny how that that tends to work out. I think partly for me, it was because COVID was my sophomore spring junior year we essentially lost we were off campus first semester people were allowed were not allowed back on campus Mm -hmm. we lived off campus spring semester people were allowed back on campus but it was a very different experience yeah so come my senior year everyone was just like okay we need to pack two and a half years of fun into this one (laughs) dropped all my activities except the podcast because then i love to do the most did that and just like had my fun and also zero regrets about the way that Mm -hmm. i chose to to live out that year yeah and now getting into into the music, the what most people know you for. <laughs> Before we get to the DJing itself, I'm curious about music. So you said you, I've always been into music, listened to music in high school. What have your go to genres always been? What's it when you were, if Spotify wrapped existed in high school, which I don't think it did at that point, if you would have been able to click on your Spotify wrapped, what would it have looked like? Well, what would a, a high school Dennis's Spotify wrapped, what would that have looked like?
0: Um, in the high school, well, I'd say the, for me, I like really split my high school into two different sections of being, one being my high school in the Bay where I was like nerdy and whatever the hell. And then <laughs> The other side being at Taft, because I think I just completely changed when I got there. Um, I'd say to start, like in my early years of high school, definitely a lot of rap and a lot of R&B. Um, similar to a lot of kids like in the Bay, like that's just what we were listening to. A lot of local uh, local people from the Bay. Um, I remember this, this one dude, um, Antihero510. He was this dude who went to Oakland Tech. And I just remember like I always, when I was trying to get into SoundCloud rapping and stuff, I always wanted to be like him because he was <laughs> just, like, he's my age and he's he's still in the Bay right now, but it was just, like, always seeing him, like, oh, he's the inspiration because he's rapping so good and everything. Um, but then, like, a ton of other groups in the Bay, SOB, RBE was coming out, and, like, we was all listening to them and, uh, um, and then, like, Thug and YSL and all that stuff. So, like, just a lot of regular rap. I was listening to a lot of... uh of um, Top Dog Entertainment, like all the rappers on there. Isaiah Rashad has been my favorite rapper like from time, basically. Him, Kendrick, J-Rock, all of them. And then once I got to Taft, I'd say it was a lot of that still, um, but then added a lot of Afro beats as well. Um, One of, like two of my friends, Lonnie and Jamal, um, were just like putting me on to songs all the time and i remember i remember jamal one day jamal came into my room and showed me mo bamba and it was this was like probably a year before like mo bamba blew up to what it was and we were listening to it and it, it was like cool but nobody was like going crazy hype and then the next year we went to a uh we went to what's that festival in new york called rolling live um, no no uh um out on Governor's Island. Gov-ball. Governor's Bowl.
1: Governor's yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we went to Gov Bowl and Travis Scott was headlining. This was in my like junior year of high school. And he brought out Sheck she West, West and nobody knew who Sheck West was and, and <laughs> we were going insane. And that was just like, so all, a ton of rap, like we went to a, I remember we went to an Uzi concert at Terminal 5 in like 2018 and he was, he had Cardi opening for him. And then he, and Cardi had Lil Skies before him. And it was just like super fun because we were like so in tune with everybody then um but yeah a ton of afro beats as well listening to a lot of whiz kid and 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 burner boy and all that stuff and then um yeah so that was kind
1: of what it was before college and then yeah real quick question what was the first concert you ever went to i'm always always curious my first concert <laughs> i ever went to was a
0: bryson tiller concert okay. and he had metro Boomin opening for him it's always I,
1: interesting how the like who you see open for someone years yeah. later they're just exploding right yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, bryson tiller was like just one of my favorites at the time because this was in high school when i wasn't getting over there was, was, <laughs> was nothing hey, in you, the social feelings? scene. Yeah. i was always in my feelings i remember like this one girl she dubbed me at, at this party and like I would just listen to Bryson Tiller every day. I'd have, it, I had like, I had like his SoundCloud, and I would, I knew every song on his SoundCloud, like front to back, and I'd just be singing in the mirror, like, oh my god, <laughs> it's so bad. I was very light skinned, like, like in my light skinned moments, right there. But yeah, Bryson Tiller first concert, dope. Girl. Okay,
1: and so how did the? When did the the interest in DJing? When did when did you get that first spark of like, okay, this is something I might be interested in doing?
0: Um. Yeah, the first, so I would always been making playlists, like playlists have been my thing forever, I just love making, my pet peeve is having no flow in music, like when you have, when you go from one song to the next, and it's a completely different genre, or it doesn't, it can be a completely different genre, but if it sounds like nothing alike, and mm-hmm. it's it just like, it's just so whack, because you have to keep changing your mood every single time a new song comes on. Interesting,
1: so you don't, interesting, so do you know, you don't ever shuffle music?
0: Not like my like songs. Only if I'm like, if I'm by my if I'm by myself. Sometimes I will, but like in a group setting, I'll no definitely not because I just like if if yeah no just I don't know I just don't because I think that it 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 creates this small and I don't even I think well so I'll give you the reason why I got into DJing so I was I was um rushing this like frat in at Columbia um called D Sig and we were. Every day, we they had a party, so every weekend, basically, you'd walk into this room, into this huge living room, and there'd be somebody up on this, like, bar, because the for some reason, the aux cord, like, came out the side of the wall or something, and the you had to, like, turn your phone a certain way and, like, bend the aux cord in order for the music to come out. So somebody would have to just, like, sit there <laughs> bent over like that, and it was just a phone, so then every time they'd just play, like... 45 seconds of a song and then press next and press next and then press next. And they go from like, you know, Mo Bamba to then like Party in the USA to then like, <laughs> to, to then like some Uzi to then like some house song to this, to that. Sounds like an the Ivy
1: League experience. And yeah. The, well, so the, yeah, exactly. And, the, and the,
0: the problem with that is like, I'm I'm just observing because I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I'm just kind of sitting to the side and I'm looking at all the people as the song's changing. Like you see when, when the song will abruptly stop and switch, there'll be this like, hesitation amongst everybody and they're kind of like trying to hear what the next song is but they're also have a moment of like dang do i even want to be here right now and that no matter if they are having a good time or not it's like every time that song transition or song changes it's a reset for everybody and it's like Okay, how am I doing right now? Do I need to leave? Okay, so then there'd be wa- the waves of people would leave as each song was changing. It was changing. It's like, oh, I don't. You know when you're at, like people, it always happened at like school dances and stuff in high school too. Like the song would change, and and people were like, oh, I don't like this song, and then the whole group of friends would just walk out the building. It sounds it's crazy. accurate, yeah. Like I would do the same thing, but <laughs> yeah. it's like that's how it is. And then you hear a song you like, and you're like, oh, come on back in, I'm back in. Yeah. But it's like this, it's this just shift of people all over the place, and I was like. Just that just can't happen at least not in the spaces that I'm gonna be in like as long as I'm gonna be in New York, like no way I'm gonna be, just be walking into parties like this for the for this whole time. so then i uh it was winter break and I was like, I'm gonna figure out how to do this DJing thing because I think that would be cool. have winter
1: found- break, which year?
0: Of my freshman year, freshman year, okay. yeah, and I was like, if I am gonna add some value to this frat, like that's where it's gonna be at. So I got this little uh Newmark party mix, which is like the smallest, the one
1: with the lights on the end? yeah,
0: the lights on the end. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> smallest controller they even have. So I got, I got that. I sat him. I brought a table into my room and sat on my bed and just put like had my computer there. I downloaded DJ Pro. And just sat there for about four days literally from i wake up at like 9am and then i just sit there go up for go upstairs to eat lunch come back down do it for the for the whole day and i just like i I watched one youtube video and then after that it, it was just coming pretty easily because i i knew like how BPM work generally, I knew like you just the beat you just, just has you to just knew that it's just like I I, just, I don't <laughs> I know like, what, that's what, I,
1: something you just know yeah like I I, <laughs> I I tried not during the pandemic that DJing was one of the hobbies that I tried to pick up yeah and so the reason I knew the Newmark Party Mix is because that's the one that that's I also bought, bought. <laughs> and I was working with and actually yeah, yeah. I did it for like three weeks like I got, I wasn't like anywhere good but it was a fun thing to do yeah but BPM I did not just intuitively know so that's no, why I'm yeah, like that's not just a, something people I don't know I just I just
0: like got it down pretty quick so then I. I understood how like the looping was working and fading in songs and like I wasn't the best at it but I understood like just the process so then I brought it back to Columbia and just kept doing it and then I did like a couple parties there and then COVID hit And I, as opposed to a lot of people who started during COVID, I, like, stopped completely. Didn't think about DJing at all, like, during that time. Because to me, like, DJing is a party thing. Social thing? thing? Okay. Well, at the time. I think about it very differently now. But, like, at the time, I definitely thought about it as only social thing. So Mm -hmm. it's like, there's no point. Why would I I do this right now? Um, And then the summer of the summer that I came back, so this would have been, like, after sophomore year and we were in COVID the whole time I was living in New York but like we weren't partying not doing nothing
1: well for yeah, for on the record you we weren't partying but you know <laughs> I was yeah yeah we, 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 yeah, we,
0: we definitely were but I yeah. wasn't
1: like DJing or nothing so then yeah
0: um at the time the frat had also like disbanded and a lot of the frats on campus had disbanded so then we had all these speakers from the frat and going into the summer, I was working um, at Goldman Sachs with a ton of other kids that I knew. And we, uh, like, aside, no, we had this group chat of all of, like, we have this, still have this group chat of, like, 30 kids who are all black kids in finance who are in my grade. And Is that we, how you we know Fonny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we were all... Shout out to funny <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> um, So we were all in this group chat and... and one of my, uh, one of the kids in the, or four of the kids in the group chat, um, Anthony Ramirez, uh, uh, Anesu, uh, Renee and Jaden, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but he, they, them four were living in an apartment on 107th and, uh, Manhattan Avenue, which is maybe like five blocks from where the, my frat was. So, the um they had just moved in and they had this huge basement like you walk in and you could probably fit like 150 people in the basement they had this outdoor area with these stairs and it just looked so cool for a party and I was like I don't know I just I'll just go get the speakers from the frat we have to clear it out anyway I'll bring them over here I went and bought an amp we set them up in the middle of their living room these huge speakers and basically we texted the group chat and we were like tell everybody you know to tell everybody you know to tell everybody you know. <laughs> And we were like, "Oh, it'll just be a little thing." I brought my my Newmark party mix. You everything. still had it at that point? No. Yeah, <laughs> I had it in the corner and everything. And um, and it was packed. Like the first night, there's no AC, so there's one big fan. There were probably like 200 people. Everybody in sweat. The spot I know they I know they were sweating. sweating <laughs> I know crazy. they were sweating. <laughs> I was playing everything that I could possibly find in my library. Like I just kept playing, kept playing, and I ended up doing 10 a 10 p.m to 4 a.m. on that Sheesh. first weekend and that was the first weekend and that ended up happening I think we had eight parties there wow. every single weekend either on a Friday or a Saturday and it would just be very impromptu like no invitation no 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 partiful. no flyer nothing <laughs> yeah. like that it'd just be like everybody just pull up and it was it felt so like such like a raw uh party because like you don't you know, you didn't know what was gonna happen it was just a free like just whoever wants to pull up can slide hmm. and I remember one of the parties like the faucet in the bathroom like broke and the whole thing just started spraying against the wall into the into the hallway and the smoke started coming up everywhere. So it looked like there was like a fire or something. And then Ness runs into the main room and he's like, everybody get out. And there's at least a hundred people in there. He's like, everybody get out, get out, get out. And we thought he was joking. And we're like, we're not stopping. I like, keep going. And then he's like, no, nah, the faucet, the faucet's on. So everybody leaves where they're like trying to fix the faucet, there's water everywhere. Finally, they get it closed. We mopped up the water a little bit, but everyone was standing on the street like outside. And this apartment is in the basement. So you can't even like you would never know there's a party going on yeah. unless you're in the spot. So he goes back out on the street and he's like, We going again. <laughs> Everybody comes back in. And then a new crowd of people who hadn't even been there, had heard about it and came back. We went again till like 5 oh, a.m. insane. <laughs> um but yeah, that's kind of how I how I started. So that whole summer I was doing stuff and then I remember, but again, I wasn't really thinking about it from like a money perspective. Yeah. Like I, I was just doing it because I, it was fun and like I was, it was a good to have a music source, whatever. And, but then uh, at the end of the summer, I went, I, I had a, I was at my barber, uh, Rahim Dynasty Rahim, up on 125th. Shout and, out Dynasty Rahim. Yeah, up on 125th <laughs> in Amsterdam. And he was like, yo man, you got to start getting in the clubs. I see what you're doing on Instagram. Like you got to start going to the clubs. Like, you should check out this place downtown. It's called Pianos. I was yeah. like, oh, shoot. Like, what's that? For me, and, and to preface this, I had never, up to this point, I had really never been to, like, any club downtown. Like, I'd been to The Blonde one time in my freshman year. But outside of that, like, I that whole summer, I had never gone to a club, really. Um, I didn't know much about it. So then... And I was like, how does that work? Like they just have DJs there. And like this is how stupid I was. like I didn't even know how clubs work. Like I didn't know <laughs> how they book DJs, how they this, that. And he was like, Yeah, bro, just go down there and 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 write them an email. Like and you should be able to get in. Like, so I was like, All right. So I go down there. This is now in September. The the summer had ended. I go down there on like a Saturday. And there's a huge line around the block.
1: Sounds like pianos.
0: I wait in the line. It's like an hour to get in. Get in, f- trying to find the manager. Um, and I had emailed them like a week before. Wait, so this was in the morning or on a night out. This is at night. Okay. At night. okay this okay, is okay. like probably eleven o'clock. All right. I I get in, look for the manager. Couldn't find the manager anywhere. Kept just like was chilling. Finally, I found this guy who looked like a manager, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm just book. I'm running it for the night." And I was like, "Okay, like I'm a DJ. I I've been playing all these cl- these uh, parties uptown. Like, would love to come in here." um, blah, blah, blah. And to and I look back on it. I probably sounded so stupid, (laughs) but he was like, yeah, like, okay, but yeah, I got to go do some stuff, like come back in like 30 minutes and then we can like chat or something. And I was like, okay. So I went out, smoked for like a second and I wasn't with anybody. So I was kind of just like waiting around and I was like, this is, this is stupid. So I tried to go back in the guard, the bouncers were like, no, you can't come back in. Like or we don't even know who you are, and I just told them like oh, I'm coming back. You yeah, come back in. And they yeah. act like they didn't know who I was, and this line is huge. So I'm like, all right, if I wait again, I'm not even gonna get in before this place closes. So I'm like, all right, if I want it this bad, what do I gotta do? So I'm looking at the at the line. The guards are like at the end of the railing, and then there's this whole part right in front of the door that's just like nobody standing there. So I walk up, jump over the railing, and run. <laughs> the whole, the, the two guards from this side and one guard from that side started chasing me in the spot. I hid in the bathroom for like ten minutes. Came out, walked, try like was running around trying to find the manager. Finally, I found him. And right when I found the manager, the guards like saw me. Damn. So then they start like running up to me, and I wrote, and there was a piece of paper right there, and I was like, "Yo, please, please, just, just like call me, please." And then I gave my number to the to the. Or my email to the my number to the guy, then the next week, um, uh, Jackson from Pianos emailed me and was like, and was like, "Yo, like would love to have you in."
1: What a fucking story! (laughs) What what a story!
0: (laughs) And I did, I did a set for this. um, The the first set that I actually did was for this group called uh, Pop That Pussy. That was their the name of their collective.
1: and PTP, they, gave, right. yeah,
0: they, they gave me a good opportunity they, they let me come in i did like an hour uh an hour from like 10 to oh no i may have done two hours 10 to 12 um uh in the back room i believe got paid 70. back room, oh get bottom
1: back room. yeah okay, and i okay. think
0: i got paid 50 dollars, and i was like this is the best money i ever got in my life oh. and i was like this is so cool so that I, I kept like linking up with them started doing more parties with them and then it just kind of grew from there. And I started reaching out to other clubs and being like, I played at this place. Like, let me get there. And then it just kind of kept progressing. And it's really, it was really slow, but like, yeah, it, it's, yeah,
1: it's paid that's, off now. That's a great story. And I'm going to ask you when you felt it pick up and when you kind yeah. of knew like, okay, there's something that I could be, have a little bit of of success with. But I just love so many things about that story. Yeah. One, many people would have probably just given up when the bouncers don't let them back in yeah they might be too scared about the consequence of getting kicked out you knew what you wanted you knew while you were there no. so you 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 went for it and it ultimately led to you getting your first paid performance which is that's that's a great story that's yeah great story. i bet i bet see that's why we do podcasts i i doubt the however however many people have listened to you dj i bet they don't know that's how you you got your no, first absolutely. D-
0: i think in the music one of one of the best pieces of advice i ever got and this was after i had done that, but. Um, this guy named Rob Stevenson, uh, he works at 300 entertainment. He's one of like the, the top executives there. And I interned there and, um, this is an interesting story. Basically I was interning there in the royalties and rights management department. Um, one of like 12 interns, I think in the program, 12 to 20 or something, but I was one of five who was actually in New York at the time during this internship. And this was in my junior, this was the same exact time period. So this was in my junior fall. Um, and he basically our intern coordinator was like, yo, we have this um, we have this artist coming in. His name is Des Rocks. And he's like this rock artist whose mascot is like a uh, or who's like symbol, if you will, is a rat because he calls all his he calls all his fans dirty animals. Or dirty, filthy animals, or something. So it's like that's just his thing. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And she's like, so we need somebody to. And she was like, we could we. It would be great if we could have somebody go to the concert dressed in a rat costume, (laughs) and greet fans. And I was like, yeah. I responded <laughs> in five minutes. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Why not? Like, what else, when else would I ever get this opportunity to go do that? So I go and I had to go to this go to this store pick up this huge rat costume. It looks the eyes look down, so I can't even like the way the it's positioned. Like I'm like looking at the ground. So when I'm like greeting people, I'm like kind of just looking at their feet. <laughs> so then I'd like smile and take pictures. I'd be like this and the heads up here, whole thing. But anyway, I did that, and for this for like two hours, it was a crazy show. Um, But after we had like drinks with the whole 300 team and this guy, Rob Stevenson came up to me and he was like, Dennis, if you if you want to make it in this industry, you got to in the music industry more broadly, you got to do things that other people will never be willing to do. And you did that today. And I have taken that to heart through everything that I've done, because like this, it's very true. Like in the music industry, there's no degree that can really help you stand out from anybody else. There's no single experience it's like what can you do in the moment that will progress to get from point a to point b because there's a lot of moments where shit is just going to hit the fan you got to do something like that isn't in your job title that you just got to pick up and it's like that's just what i've tried to do with everything from djing to actual career stuff
1: yeah and exactly i think you can really apply that to to anything that you do and i think that also is very similar to i I forget who it was that told me this but what they said was like early on in your career you should really just be saying yes to everything yeah, because i'm not none of us anyone at our age we're not really in a point where we've progressed far enough where it's like we should really be turning on opportunities yeah, so, yeah. so it's like do you want to attend this meeting do you want to do this do you want to do that it's always yes 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 i'm always i think yeah, i've definitely. just always been that way been the first one to put my hand up and then that also reminds me of the um the movie air did you did you watch that movie yeah, yeah, yeah. very similar in how the the way I'm forgetting the main character's name but the way he got the meeting with Michael Jordan's mom was everyone was saying don't show up to the house don't do this mm-hmm. don't do that but he was like fuck it I know what I want I'm gonna I think Sonny is that yeah. what his name was I'm gonna show up drive to North Carolina show up at the door and that's how ultimately yeah. got that it got the interview or the meeting with Michael Jordan signed him and then Jordan Air Jordan is what it is. No, so definitely. that's just great advice and whatever it is that you're doing, but especially if it's something that's a little bit harder to navigate. It's not like yeah. finance where connections will do it, or just whatever <laughs> other <Yeah>. whatever <laughs> no, other industry just, where free game always you can where that. connections will do it. Yeah. But then okay, so when since you had to start taking it more seriously, you had to develop a DJ name. Tell me about how you came up with Dennis Free and how did you transform from Dennis Future to to Dennis Free, Franklin Future. Oh, I didn't even know that was the whole thing. So it's Dennis Franklin Future. No, 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 no. Just Franklin
0: Future. Franklin. No Dennis. My oh, DJ oh. The name DJ name, name Pierce was Franklin, just Future. Franklin Future. Okay, how'd that's you like get a big piece of it? <laughs> okay. That's like the part of why I changed it. I was I was going by Franklin Future basically for like all from high school all the way. That was like my Instagram name all the way through. Like basically halfway through my junior year and I changed it because everybody on the street would just be calling me Franklin everywhere. And like nobody knew my actual name, which is, and it sounds fine, but like I didn't want people calling me Franklin. <laughs> so I, I was like, dang, so what do I do like to get a new name? Or they said, I actually, I, I don't even know if I change when did I? Whenever I changed it, anyway, I, I was basically, I changed it, I was sitting on a beach with some of my friends and and I was like, what do I change it to? Like, do I just, I could combine some stuff and one of the things i was really thinking about is i really wanted to incorporate my mom's side my mom is chinese and my whole mom's family is chinese and that's like a super integral part of my life because i was always spending time with them in in the bay and um her maiden name is Yi, so i was like well if i'm gonna people still wanting to go by franklin like i'm gonna just combine franklin and Yi, dennis free just Whoa. do something like that free sounds kind of cool so
1: yeah. Okay. That's pretty much it. That's, a, hey, that's again, creative. That's the, yeah, in my mind, I was like free. I thought it was just like freedom, like free, which yeah, could be no, like the I alternate, mean, that's the alternate that's, thing, that's gonna be yeah. an alternate meeting, but yeah. the actual combination of the words isn't something that you would just no, definitely, think yeah. of intuitively. Yeah. And how did you, when did you graduate from the Newmark party set to something?
0: During that summer when I was in, when I was in uh, like doing those parties at 107, um, one of my good friends from high school, Sean Cummings, he had a. He was also learning DJ, and he had a DDJ-400, and he gave that to me for the whole summer to
1: be able to use, and that was a shout blessing, Sean Collins, yeah, shout out Sean Cummings. Yeah, for sure. And then about the show, when you shout people out, you got to send them the episode after. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And you don't tell them where you mentioned them, you just say you and were you, mentioned. You you watch the whole Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, he gave that to me for the summer, so I used that and pretty much actually continued to use it basically until I got my... Uh, my n- controller that I use now, which is an RX2, which is like an all-in-one. But up to that point, I didn't really have anything. I learned like CDJs, which is the main systems that you use in clubs. Like I learned all those on the fly because I didn't, at the time, I didn't know about these pirate studios where you could go and like uh, practice on them. Okay. Um. So I'd basically just walk into, I'd have like pictures of these CDJs on my phone and to see what it looked like. And then I'd just like be pressing buttons for a couple seconds before I actually started. And I just had to figure it out um because otherwise it would be like <laughs> otherwise i'd have to bring in a controller and put it on top and just look crazy so i was like let me just force myself into it so
1: and when did you so after you i'm taking it all the way back from doing those initial parties you do the first one in pianos mm-hmm. you start to do more shows how does the level of preparation that you do for shows change as it goes from more so their parties are always social, but from, from something that's more of you and your friends to, I'm getting paid for this, there's a group of people who have never seen me do this before. Did you at all change what your preparation was for shows? And if even if you didn't, just talk me through what the prep is like for DJing a night out. If, if there's Honestly, any at all, you no, can just show up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't change the way I DJ for friends versus, like, public audiences. I think that every time I DJ, I'm proving to whoever's Listening that I'm a good DJ, so even if it's my best friends, like they're gonna tell me if I sound like shit. <laughs> and the same thing with the crowd; they're just gonna leave if you sound like shit. So uh-huh. it's like you gotta be on the on top of your game all the time. Um, in terms of preparation, I uh, depending on where I'm playing at, I'll usually like make a or I won't even make a track. Li- Sometimes I'll make a track list depending on if it's like if it's a specific like radio show or something like that. I will, but normally it's just like. I'll just add, I'll, through the week, between one set and another set, I'll just, I'll, I'm always listening to music, like, every single day I wake up, put on my, put on a playlist, I, I'm i just going on, like, radios of songs, and, like, and the suggested of, of stuff, like, consistently doing that throughout the day, so I've never really listened to any music that I've heard before, unless I've, i like... I won't let myself listen to anything that I already know unless I've listened to something that I haven't heard before um, every day. So then I'm always like adding stuff. So then as time goes on, I'm adding more and more stuff to my library. And then between those two periods, I'll have like a collection of maybe like 30, 40 songs. And I'll take those and add them to my my, uh, USB and then I'll just add them into the set so and I
1: think that answered the question I was going to ask you about if your music taste was initially very vast or if in the process of DJing you've had to expand it and I think oh that just-
0: definitely no I, I've I'd say I mean my my music taste has always been pretty vast but I was never comfortable playing everything that I listened to if that
1: makes sense are there any genres you stay away from um
0: I'd say EDM I don't really play and then like um, Reggaeton. I just need to get under, like, understand it more. I think I, I, I love like the the sound, like the way the uh that reggaeton sounds is just so great. Um, but I just don't have enough in my library to like play it all the time. Gotcha. it's not Um, not ready
1: yet to be whipped out of the arsenal. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I think those two are the only ones that I haven't like really explored as much. But everything else, like, I'm pretty, I pretty much get in all the time um but yeah I when I first started I was really just playing like I said like hip-hop and and R&B um but now I went to London like in my first part of my senior year and just really got into that scene of uh like all garage and jungle and drum and bass and I remember I was at this club called Dalston Den I wouldn't even call it a I mean it was a club but it was like a it was a den literally <laughs> like the ceiling was probably like this like if this was, if i'm standing like the ceiling is like about this high like people it's super low it's super sweaty in there but people are like have never i've never felt that much energy like in a space before and it was just so amazing to see that because you play this super fast music the bass is just kicking crazy and yeah i i so i started getting really into that side as well so that I'm a piano has just been huge, obviously taking and over the world. Loving yeah. just like exploring that, and then um not as much rap anymore, honestly. Unless I'm in a setting where like people are just annoyed as fuck that I'm like, <laughs> not playing, rap. but mostly I kind of stick to like I'm a piano and garage and and jungle and like house as well. So
1: that's another question yeah. I always wonder about for DJs is. When you are going through a night and you feel like the energy, not saying that this happens to you, but if you feel the energy shifting in a way that like people are becoming more restless, people to start making suggestions. How do you strike the balance of staying true to what you're doing versus just saying fuck it? They requested Mo Bamba. I'll play Mo Bamba. Uh
0: I used to just play whatever people want. I know I didn't I wouldn't say I've ever played whatever people wanted, but I have I used to make a lot more like uh I used to concede a lot more. Yeah, you didn't suggestion. stick to your guns. Yeah. yeah, but that, but it's actually
1: good because now I only use
0: basically when I DJ, I just use like USBs like this. Oh, you
1: carry USB? Yeah, I got my. Yeah, he's phone. a DJ. Wait, yeah. should twist? Let the camera see the USB. I don't oh, think man. they could. He's got a whole USB. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Always
0: <laughs> um, but now that I only have USBs, I if I don't have a song, like I can't play it. That so could be I your excuse. Me, I don't, like, have, I don't, it. I don't it. have it. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. But then I also just not, don't try to. And I, it's it's difficult in Manhattan, but I try not to put myself into situations where I'm around a crowd that's being that restless, to where it's like play this, play that, mm-hmm. because I think that I only want to be in spaces where the DJ is thought of as a performer, as opposed to a uh, background like to the party, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and that's kind of always been my thing because I I. Like I, I take it very seriously, and I think that I don't want to be thought of as a as replaceable. I think that a lot of um, places in New York, uh, the DJs are are in like the DJs are kind of a, you know, just a background to the to whatever's going on. Is the DJ's a like background. a prop kind of yeah yeah? It's like a, the DJ might as well be a bartender. It's like a it's like oh, it's just the person who happens to be there for the night. Like they're not doing anything special. You know, it's not memorable. It's just like. Whatever. And for me, like that's kind of pointless to me, because why am I then it's just like a job. Why am I yeah. going there? I don't need this money. So it's like, why am I going there for, for that? Um, so it's like, yeah, I think uh I think I try to just put myself into spaces where it's really like the DJ is the center of the of the attention, if you will. Yeah, which is like vain, but like that's I don't it just think makes that, I don't, it much more interesting for me and for the crowd, because it's like they're gonna get something new. I'm going to be able to present something new and then also have a good time doing it cuz yeah. like I don't want to go to the same spot and hear the same top 40 songs every single time and this and that and it's like okay like I didn't ha- I could have went anywhere in New York and had the same experience. Yeah
1: yeah and i don't think that's vain at all i think dj is an art you're an artist yeah anyone who produces art they want to be the center of attention true, yeah. to make that's people true. feel better to just again it's not just about you it might be partially but also just making people feel good as well yeah yeah and i will say because i've at this point i've seen you dj a bunch of times but i think bef- i don't remember the first time i saw you dj but i do remember one time like it came up that you were djing summer. i don't remember where it was mm-hmm. and the way people were describing you and the excitement and people call you an artist and all this and i was like okay i'd seen him out but i'd never just like been like okay let me pay yeah, attention yeah. to what he's doing and i think just by the way the people are already talking about you you are getting that desired effect of people aren't just showing up to treat you as a prop they know dennis is going to be somewhere they want to be there That's, yeah. because he he puts on a show every time and i can even say that from there the weekend a few weekends ago where you did the Black Ivy Brunch and then you did Angels Party yeah, at night. Nice, yeah. <laughs> different different vibe, different type of performance, but both times getting people into yeah. it, keeping people going. When you did, um I think one of the first times I remember seeing you DJs like it was at like Hotel Chantel, probably like ooh, huh. late last summer. And it was the type of thing yeah. where it was like the was venue. actually one of my least favorite sets I've ever. Done. Interesting. I'm about to ask. Okay, that's gonna lead right into my next <laughs> session. But I was gonna say, even at that point, it was like, okay, when I sit and I'm paying attention, like I appreciate what he's doing and how he's mixing and doing those yeah. types of things. So I would say you've definitely been able to achieve that and given you're getting that desired effect yeah. out of people, no, which is dope to see when you put so much effort into something when you get the yeah, it is good the, to see the, the respect sure. on that. Okay, so then I was gonna ask about probably like bad performances if you've ever bombed like what what's that what that's been like so if you want to talk about this hotel Chantal yeah i talk about I, I don't
0: think i've ever bombed necessarily i've had some i've had ah yeah where's this one time i just got too drunk before and i wasn't even expecting to dj and i just went up there and then i was like wow i'm just like not doing good now. but that's like I, I haven't really bombed it at all it's because the thing is bombing is a is a like if, if i'm a if i'm a singer if I just sing well, like people will respect that. But it's like, if I play well to my standards as a DJ, people might just not like the songs that I'm playing and then to them I bombed. But yeah. it's like, I'm playing the same things that I know are good. And yeah. it's like, so
1: if I'm just- <laughs> It's not me, shit. Yeah, it's like, if I'm doing my transitions
0: well and I feel like, I've, yeah, I haven't, I, I wouldn't say I've like bombed at all. Um, But yeah, that one set at Hotel Chanteau was just ridiculous. like, And it's crazy because that's honestly the- Set that I I think I've gotten paid the most out of any set that I've ever done, so it's kind of crazy that it was not my least favorite because they wanted me to come back and I was like,
1: mm. nah, why was it? Why was it? What made it? Yeah, the venue itself favorite.
0: had just very bad equipment. None of the stuff was working, so I had to literally. It was ten minutes before my set. And I figured out that the the link between one side of one CDJ and the other wasn't working. They used like an Ethernet cable to connect the two, and it wasn't. It wasn't connecting so basically that meant i needed two usbs in order to play and i only had one at the time so then i was like well shoot so i had to literally run to my friend's apartment and luckily my controller the new one the rx2 that i just bought was there so i was able to play. i ran down the street got it came back with this huge bag like and had to play off that But then the crowd at Hotel Chantel is like exactly what I was talking about. I guess everybody's coming up like, play Taylor Swift, play this, play that. That is is the
1: Hotel Chantel. No
0: respect for anything that I was doing. It's just like screaming. Everybody in the venue is just talking loud as hell. Like nobody's really paying attention to the music because it's not loud enough to where they actually like can hear it, but then they don't care as much unless they're like intentionally listening. It's like. I'm literally just an ox cord yeah. in a corner, and I think like, and the the DJ booth itself is literally in a corner, which just like ruins the whole space. So it's like, yeah, it was just not like I, it was not enjoyable. I played for like fifty, no, nah, I played for like forty five minutes, um, and it was just like, yeah, I was just having a terrible time. <laughs> I finished, and like everyone was like, oh my god, good job, and I was just, I was like, yeah, all
1: right, I yeah, that know. that was like, it. <laughs>
0: like, and it's crazy because like probably from. From, like, your perspective or other people's perspective, it was like, oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Like I said, that was one of the first times I consciously remember you DJing. I was just like, yeah, that was awful. Like, I (laughs) just had It wasn't that I did bad. It's just, like, I didn't have a good time with the crowd, like, response. Like, it was to the point where I was, like, not even hearing the music because it's like, the crowd was just so loud, which I think is just... It's just like not that interesting.
1: So on the flip side, where are some of your favorite places to DJ in the city, and what are some nights that stand out as like this venue is great, the audience was great.
0: Um, the first, or no, the the second time I played at the Jane was crazy. Um,
1: I don't even know if I've ever been at the, the Jane. Jane is there, the there's so like, many names it's not that open you hear. Okay, um, that's what it was like, like
0: last year, but okay. that was like definitely is like one of the most iconic clubs in the city um and i got three i got three opportunities to play there opening sets 10 to 12 um and it was just like that and it was crazy because the 10 to 12 set is like very difficult because the club really opens at 10 so it's like people don't aren't people really aren't there until like 11 15 ish yeah. and then even so like they're not drunk so they're not really getting into it but i just like found a way to just get people like excited And then that like kind of hour long, 45 minute period, it was like, it was just perfect. And I was hitting every single transition, doing everything right. So that one was good. Um, I'd say I had a really good one in London at the spot called Scotch. And it was the second time I'd performed there for the time that I was there. It was a three to 4 a.m. set. And I was like, damn, Damn. this is mad late. But people were just getting
1: to the venue at three sounds like sounds like a like, like a marquee wow. type spot yeah, so not, not like, marquee um what's the one in, in brooklyn Not not marquee oh like the, the outdoor mirage. one mirage yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was perfect yeah. artist was comes like, out on like 3 a.m so I yeah, <laughs> yeah super
0: super like small spot it's kind of like kinder guards down in lower east side like the has the upstairs and then you go down and that's like where the real club area is and i was just going crazy for and i was getting to play all of the stuff that i really love like all the like UK funky house and the garage stuff and the this and that. And it was like such a great place where nobody was interrupting me. No, everyone was just listening in the zone. Like the energy was just perfect. Um That was like definitely one of my favorites. And then uh I'd say, um yeah, I, I don't know. A couple of uh, pianos has always has been fun. Honestly, I've never had a bad... A lot of people like show hate to pianos. I love pianos. Like every time I go there, everybody's so great. Like Jackson, the manager, shout out to- Jackson. Shout out Jackson. He, Jackson Lewis, he's per, Like he always like brings us in. We have a great time
1: there. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I, It's funny because I'm someone who, I haven't been to piano since intern summer, actually. Mm-hmm. I remember loving it that summer. Yeah. Last time I, I tried to go like honestly, like a month ago. The line was so long. The bouncers were doing a lot, and so we didn't end up getting in. Yeah. But from what I remember, I also loved pianos and had a great time there. But it's funny because I've also heard some people say differently. But I'm like, from what I've my yeah. experience, here, I've had a good time.
0: No, it's just like, the upstairs is really well, all the rooms, but the upstairs especially is really fun because people are again are like there to dance. They're not there to like tell you what to play. Like, yeah, and the music's so good really, up there too. Yeah, so I really get I really get a good opportunity to, to do yeah.
1: Something. And I remember that summer yeah. that intern summer that was the first place i discovered that played any type of afro beats at all because mm-hmm. all the other spots i was going to before that yeah, were like sure. the the gray ladies of the world which <laughs> yeah, honestly i i had my fun there yeah, but like yeah. at a certain point you want to hear a certain type of music and i remember vividly pianos being the first place where it was like Afrobeat, some rap some reggae like i'm just like okay this is yeah. the music is, no, is doing what it needs to do here um and we're wrapping up in a little bit but when you think of kind of how you've progressed musically, who are some of the drink? Dream- Actually, now first, even before that, have you had any inspiration? As you've taken the DJ more seriously, who in the DJ world would you consider some of your inspirations?
0: Um, there's a couple. I'd say, um, Joti is like one of my favorite DJs. She's from uh Amsterdam I believe and she and it's funny because I'm actually going to be opening for her elsewhere in September there
1: you go congratulations that's Um, super like (laughs) full
0: circle moment um yeah she's sick she's like she's she has a style of that's very genre agnostic which is what I really do and I think that she's one of the few who does it at like a high level too because it's so like you don't really find that many djs when a lot of people be like you know what do you play this that and people will be like i play techno or i play (laughs) house or i play this or that and it's like for me i kind of just go wherever i want to go that night so then it's really cool to see people like her who are like doing that same thing this other guy jael is like similar vibe very like um all over the place in terms of what he plays and it's always sick um joe k the guy he hosts a selection radio um, he's always been an inspiration. Like I listen to his episodes on selection every single week. Um, super cool stuff. Uh there's these uh there's these two guys in London, um Tommy Gold and and Hank K. Um, and they have this I've just like always followed them and from an inspiration perspective of like how I can market myself as like a younger DJ, because they're similar age to me, but they're like really um doing a good job with they have this record label called like fajita disco which is super cool and i'm always like looking at their pages to see like get inspiration from there um and they're both sick and then um who else uh yeah not many i I don't have like any huge name djs who i'm like oh my god i want to be like that like black coffee i've always really liked but I'm not, again, he's like a very specific type of DJ. So I, I don't really see myself in him as much as I mm-hmm. do with like Jyoti or Joe K and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'd say those, those that group of people is like,
1: they're all sick. Gotcha. And yeah, I can't even lie. I don't know any of them. Yeah, But it, it yeah, sounds yeah. like more DJ no, definitely, specific. Definitely yeah, Check them out. <laughs> they're, they're all really cool. And last question before we wrap up with the music segment. Did you prepare the songs? No, you didn't prepare the songs. What songs? I said in the text message five songs that describe who you are as a person. Oh, I can do that. I can still do. Okay, that. you can do it off the dumb. Okay, oh, I was yeah. like, damn, you got to prepare because yeah, I remember yeah, who yeah. was it. Check who didn't. Pre- Someone didn't prepare. No, I was like, come fine. on. Okay, bad, bad, bad.
0: Five songs that describe me as a person.
1: But yeah, yeah, that'll be the last question. But with the your venture into music, I know you're working at Apple. As a mm. what's the specific role? Apple
0: Music my uh role is global DJ mix partnerships. Gotcha. Um, Which I don't even what, what's that mean. Basically uh 2 years ago uh uh Apple Music bought Shazam and or Apple bought Shazam, but like Apple Music really. And with that acquisition, basically there was a there's been a fundamental issue in the in the DJ space is where like if you post a mix, you can't really get paid for it anywhere, you know. Okay. You get you post it on SoundCloud or MixCloud and it's like, it's out there, but it's more of a marketing tool because there's not paying you as a DJ from SoundCloud. Nothing is happening like that. So basically what Apple did is use the backend technology of Shazam to be able to segment out every single song mm-hmm. on the in a mix that you put out. And then not only be able to pay you out as a DJ, but also the rights holders of every song. And then also any curator so like a fest if it came from a festival or a club or whoever made that moment happen pay them out as well um so basically my job is to coordinate all the partnerships with uh, like three main segments being clubs uh music festivals and any brands um, so brands being like we have two main ones right now Powell skateboards and ma leon d'or Um, And they have like these mixed series that they've been putting out and then like festivals like, you know, Tomorrowland, uh, Electric Zoo, uh, whatever, anything that's like very DJ centric festivals Um, and then nightclubs that are just like very music oriented, you know, like uh, like uh, Trezor Berlin or or like uh, Fabric in London, like all the huge clubs um, that really like prioritize DJs. so helping them get curator pages on the site and then on apple music and then like basically just making sure that everything is going well helping them create their mix series and stuff like that so
1: dope yeah oh, i feel like we could have a whole nother conversation yeah, about that.
0: yeah it's a, it's a, i've only been there for this is my sixth week now but it's been like really fun because I it's been a lot of strategy stuff just within apple music but then also like um just getting to know the broader dj space which i thought i knew a lot about but it, there's a lot that i still have you don't to know, know
1: yeah. yeah and so you've done you're doing that currently you've yeah. worked at a few record labels mm-hmm. what would you say is the dream for you music wise is it to be on on the stage being the performer is it to be finding talent what would you say is the dream for you
0: i don't know honestly i, I like of, of course i want to be a huge dj like it would be sick if i could just tour around djing but like i also this job i have right now so far I'm, i absolutely love it like i've been I've been able to just meet a lot of really cool people and I still get to have that business mindset that I don't think I get to have as much on the DJ side so I honestly I'm kind of trying to grow the two equally and then whatever happens happens but I'm not like I'm not gonna drop one for the other if that makes sense yeah um yeah I think like I I just want to go side by side for as long as I can um dope yeah dope dope
1: um and the way that we will wrap this is with your five songs. Yeah, we actually
0: have like a playlist that kind of has a ton of songs. There you go.
1: And so this is the only recurrent segment that I do on the show. I've been doing it since like episode 15. I ask the guests to come with five questions that describe who they are as a person. I leave it up for interpretation. So people have taken it in many different ways. That's the prompt that I give, and I let them run with it. So just say the song and say why.
0: Um the first one I think would be like Love Yours, J. Cole. That's my favorite song. I think that's bro. just something I've gone by. Like I don't know. I feel like I feel like my life could have gone a lot of different directions. You could and, be a hockey and, player right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, literally. And I, I think it's like it's just I don't know. I've been I've been every every kind of uh era, if you will, of my life, I've been very like made sure to be very passionate about it and not uh get discouraged like my whole my motto for the last at least like four four or five years has just been progress consistent progress um one
1: percent better every day if i'm
0: not because that's the thing if like if i'm if i if i have like some little gain all the time like i can look back and just and see it all which is great and i think that that's been especially with djing like if you don't if you're not like taking those little wins to heart like you're just never gonna make it because it's so frustrating on those nights when like nobody shows up to you. I remember in my junior year of um when I started DJing, I had this residency for like three months at um at uh the spot called Madame X in Soho. And it was every Wednesday night, nine PM to three AM and I'd like just insane hours. And I'd I'd get home at like five, six in the morning, and then i have to go to I'd have to go uh to school at like 8 40 class Damn. and that was just like a tough and every it was every wednesday so obviously like nobody's showing up nobody was there that i knew it'd be like maybe four people at a time in the venue <laughs> which was just like ass but i'd but i'd go and i'd be like all i'm gonna do these two people sitting at the table like at the bar i'm gonna make them like like start bobbing their heads or i'm gonna make them Make sure they compliment me when they leave because my music is so good. Like I put in every, all my effort into every single thing because it's like that's all you can do in that moment. You can't just quit right there, like just because nobody showed up to your set. Yeah, it just ha- has to happen. Um, so yeah, constant progress. But yeah, I love yours. Definitely a big one. Um, I'd say. Hmm. I'd say. Well, that's not really. See, I like a lot of songs. I don't know a lot of them would <laughs> if they would, describe would, would, it. Would describe me. <laughs> um, I'd say get money, Junior Mafia. Okay. I just think, like, <laughs> shit. like I just, I've always been, always definitely been motivated, trying to get more. Um, not even necessarily from a money perspective, but just get something, just get it, get after it. Like, um, and I think it goes both ways. Like I was.
1: AOG always on ground. That was a good like, from to the
0: start. <laughs> I had to go to, I remember I um, I had to renege on my offer from Goldman to go to, I was going to go back there junior summer and I ended up staying at RCA and working there. And that was a big decision because I went from, you know, making, I was going to make base whatever, prorated a, a ton of money to making like $17 an hour working at RCA. And it was like a huge decision, but I was just like, I'm passionate about it. I know if I'm do if I do a good job here, I could get money going anywhere. So it's like that's kind of the the motivation I took for that. Um, I'd say the art of storytelling by Outcast, okay. definitely another one. Um, I think being able to just craft the story that I've had is like I feel like it's very uncomfortable. I feel, I always feel very regular about like where my life has been, but then I also think about it from another person's perspective, and I'm like. My life is just kind of crazy, <laughs> What I, all the things that I've been doing. Um, so I think, like, telling, weaving that, like, path and telling that story has been...
1: And I feel like you can also say that as a DJ, you're a storyteller, in a way. So yeah, I also yeah, have that absolutely. A little, little no, double no, meaning. Side too. Um,
0: I'd say... Hmm. I'd say... So much trouble in the world, Bob Marley. Okay. I think that's that's one. Um
1: You saying like somewhere in the shirt? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Shoot. Oh sorry.
0: Yeah, I think um I've had a lot of moments of like just reflection on my position in the world and whatnot. I don't really know how to expand on that, but I just think like through I remember in in my in freshman year in college after uh, all the stuff happened with George Floyd, I wrote this huge memo to like a ton of people in my high school and like uh, a ton of people in college about just like my experience growing up and whatnot and how it was in like being black growing up. And for me, not being fully black was a whole different thing, but like that as well. Um, And just like perception and everything. I think that's been an interesting interesting journey on that side as well. Um, I would
1: say- Song number five, Bring It Home. This is five? Yeah. Yeah, this is i
0: uh, I'd say now um, maybe 18 and Over by Nia Archives. No, no, um, no, no. Nia Archives is a jungle artist. It was like one of my favorite. And she does all these like, uh, she does all takes all these um, these uh, reggae samples and like flips them. But 18 and Over is an actual, is a song that she flipped. But her whole thing in it is like this this life she has is, like, not designed anymore for, like... It's only designed for people 18 and over. And I think it's inter- 18 because she's from UK, so, like, just of age, whatever. But, like, I feel like everything that I'm involved in now is just for, like people going out and stuff mm-hmm. and like with being a dj and like club life and all that stuff so gotcha yeah, i don't know gotcha goes along with that
1: no that was good yeah. that was good perfect timing too yeah, this yeah. was a great episode um uh thank you for coming on yeah of appreciate you yeah. coming on being open being honest i think this is going to be a dope episode for people to listen to um and yeah i think that's part of the reasons i, I like to do this is i've met you a few times this is the most in-depth we've ever spoken sure, yeah. gotten yeah. to know you a lot better Even when I do these episodes with some of my friends, I learn new things about them. So it's just always cool to get a different side of a person. But um, yeah, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Go With The Flow.